Peace, peace, peace. You are now tuned in to episode 18 of No Booking Info. I am your host, Tree, a.k.a. my mama called me Philip. Philip, why you ain't answering my phone call? It's because I, I don't, you always got to answer the call for your mama, no matter what time of day it is, even if you know it's going to be nonsense. Like, she called me today like, hey, Phil, what's what's going on? What you doing? It's like, uh, I'm working. Oh, how's work going? Uh, it's cool, I guess. And so it's hard to hang up on your mom. You know, it's it's easy to hang up with your homies. You talking to your friends. See, guys, we hang up different when we talk to our friends. We don't say okay, bye. We say we make up a reason why we gotta hang up. Yo, yo, all right, let me hit you back. I gotta do something right quick. We don't gotta do nothing, but we just gotta hang up the phone because we can't t- really talk longer than 10 to 15 minutes on the phone. 15 minutes is a stretch. 10 minutes is probably the max that two men can talk on the phone. Don't ask me why. I think it's something that's just been set in stone since Cro-Magnum time. Like two men can only converse for a certain amount of time on the telephone. Uh, I'm not sure how women do it. If I think they probably go into a lot more detail when they have to hang up. Okay, I have to go and just not a shot to the to the feminist out there. Okay, I, I got to go cook dinner. I'm cooking X, Y, and Z. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a difference in, in how we hang up. But no, I can't, you know, hanging up on my mom, it's like I had to make something up. Like, mom, my, uh, my kid acting up. You know, I got to go and, and deal with him, even though that's not the case. But I just had to make up a reason to, to, to hang up the phone. So just to try to avoid any conflict. Speaking of conflict, conflict is the, the theme of, of tonight's show, uh, we have, you know, we have some topics that I'm going to, we, we have some topics that we're going to discuss uh, tonight. And so I just, I, I guess I first want to start off with, with BET. Now, I don't have anything negative to say about BET at this point in time, which is a first. I think for the last 15 or 20 some odd years, that was just probably uh, AJ and Free left 106 and Park. I think I've had something critical to say of, of BET. They they never they didn't have any original programming. They started cutting things that were a part of my childhood, like Rap City, and uh, you know they started changing the host to 106 and Park. I don't even know if that's still on. And then B BET uh, uncut. <laughs> like listen, we all. We all watched BET Uncut at one point. So even as a, as a young fella, I'm sitting there like, Shh, let me let me turn the channel because you know you wanted to see, and it's natural. You wanted to see an inappropriate, you know, inappropriate video. That's the internet wasn't as big, so you couldn't go on adult sites and things like that. We didn't have a, the technology in our phones to go and do that. So I mean, but that was pretty much what BET was at one point, and then it just it just went completely left and where it was just like, okay, this isn't representative of African-Americans. They don't represent us in a, in a positive light. And it's funny. I, I, I just realized that today, like, you know what? They're, they're starting to change. I don't know. Maybe BET is coming out of that sunken place that it was, was in for so long. And so, cause I realized that the shows that I watch, well, two of the shows that I watch 
are on BET. So we're talking about being Mary Jane, and, and feel free to to look up being Mary Jane. It's a it's a solid series. It's a solid series about a, a young. Um, I guess she's she's relatively young. She I think she just turned forty in the last episode. So she's trying to come, you know, come into her own as a as a businesswoman. But like many women, she's searching for something and she's searching for love. She's searching for unconditional love. And it just shows the trials and tribulations related to that and how she's trying to juggle her career in the midst of that, which, again, many African-American women and women in general um, are dealing with today. And so, yeah, so being Mary Jane is one of the shows. I don't care if you judge me. You know, it's that's fine. That's I'm cool with being judged. <laughs> like, I mean, Girlfriends are one of, is one of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's a it's an amazing show. I, I said watch four women, you know, with an intricate uh, plot, and it's you know it's dope. Uh, but the other show that I watch is is Quad, and so you know, my my old head he hit me up because he went to a historically black college. He was like, Phil, I want you to check out Quad and let me know what you think, and I need you to do your thing. Now, people that know me know if somebody tells me you know, they want me to watch something and do my thing, they want me to speak out about it. They want me to uh, sometimes I can give a, a scathing opinion of something and how it impacts the culture and what have you. And so after I watched the the initial episode, which was which was a short movie, I found myself I liked it. Now, granted, it didn't show the the positives of an HBCU. But it's supposed to be a drama. So with dramas can come, you know, a lot of dramas, especially if you want people to tune in on a weekly basis, it's going to have a, a negative tone to it. And so, yeah, the show does. But I, I find the the plot to be interesting, various plots within the show to be interesting. And so as I actually like the show. So here we have it. We have two shows on BET, which I was so critical of at one point. Now I'm sitting here watching on a on a weekly basis. And now they have a new show coming out called Rebel. Uh, I'm not really sure what it's about. I've seen the previews. I, I believe it's about a, a sister who she's a rebel. She, she's going now. I think she's like, she's supposed to be like a, a crime fighter. So that would be dope. Uh, a role that um, we don't see many African-American, especially African-American women in. So it, it was definitely going to be dope to see, you know, how this plays out. So, yeah, so props to BET for the comeback. You know, like BET get like the comeback player of the decade or something like that. So, but yeah, but now we are going to get into, <laughs> into some, some topics of conflict. And so the first one that I wanted to get into was LeVar Ball. Now, for those listeners who tune in who have no idea who LeVar, Le- LeVar Ball is, feel free to Google him. He's the funniest dad on earth. He's the funniest dad. He has three boys. He had, He's the father of Lonzo Ball, who plays basketball at UCLA. Uh, then he's the father of LaMelo and LiAngelo Ball, two basketball players in high school. And they, um, their claim to fame is one scored 92 points in a game. The other scored 72 points in a the game. Like, they, listen, they're a heck of a ball. They're a heck of ball players. They play ball better than clearly the majority of people in this world, especially the oldest son, Lonzo, who goes to UCLA. And so it's not unusual to see parents of star athletes, uh, you know, inject themselves 
into their kids' lives and what's happening with them. So I, I, you know, I'm a track dad. My daughter, she isn't a, she's my superstar for sure. She's my superstar, but she's not a, a, a superstar athlete yet. She runs track. She does good. She um usually like in the top half. If it's 50, she'll be in like the top 20, top 25, which is dope to me. Like I'm, I'm always excited and happy for her to, you know, to go out there and compete and to and to work hard. That's why I have her run track or or do any type of sport. I want her to build that work ethic, that understand camaraderie, what it's like to be a part of a team, because I know those skills will translate as she get older, as she gets older. But I can only imagine what I would be like if she was the best track runner at her age. I don't know if I would be a a LeVar Ball. I don't know. And and say, like, well, well, what does LeVar Ball do? Listen, if there's a mic and you put it in front of him, he's going to say something. He's going to say something. He speaks highly of his kids, as you should. You should believe in, in your in not only your abilities, but especially in your in your child's abilities. And so like, but he's, he's taken it to the umpteenth level to where now people are like, they're just sick of it. I know me personally, I commented on, on, on my Facebook account that I was tired of the side an Instagram account that I was tired of a sideshow. And so, cause what it does is it, in my eyes, I don't want to take the attention away from my child. I feel like when you're the parent of a, of a student athlete that, you don't want to uh, live vicariously through through them through them. Now, when I tell you that you know Lamelo Lamelo Ball, he had scored ninety two points in the game, and LiAngelo scored seventy two points, and Lonzo Ball, he's going to be a top three, top five NBA pick. And then you look at Dad. Well, Dad, what did Dad do? Dad averaged two points in college, two points, and so that would leave one to surmise that all right, you know what? Well, maybe he is living vicariously through his children. And so then he 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 further injects himself, especially into controversy with some of the comments that he makes. So, it, listen, it was a, a top 10 list of comments that he made. I narrowed it down to the top three that were just completely ludicrous. So he said that Lonzo Ball, his son in college, is better than Steph Curry. Listen, you can feel that. That's cool. That's dope. Listen, I think my daughter is better than Jackie Jordan Kersey. Right. So because I'm going to feel that way. I don't care what nobody says. She's better than her. Now, I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to say it to Jackie Joyner or, you know, or what have you until she's actually in a position to prove that she's better than Sonia Richards Ross or Allison Felix. I won't I won't put that. First of all, I don't want to put that pressure on her. I want her to enjoy this process. And I think that's part of my frustration with them. Because, yeah, granted, they're going to enjoy this process. But I wonder how much stress, further stress, is being put on them because it's like, oh, man, Pop acting up again, man. He's drawing. He, he acting wild. And so that can take a toll. That can be mentally draining. And so he says he's, he's better than Steph Curry. So that was one of them. Uh, he then says... He in his prime, he would beat Jordan one on one. Now we're not talking about Jordan from uh from the Bernie Mac show. <laughs> we not we not talking about Jordan Peele who made Get Out. We talking about the goat. We, we talking about Mike Jordan, and he's talking about two point two points a game in college. 
and somebody who averaged 30 in an NBA career and is considered the best basketball player to ever step foot on the planet. So listen, again, believe in your abilities. Sometimes you might be a little jaded. Listen, I think I'm the best. I have the best podcast. I think uh, I'm the best motivational speaker in the world. I, I think that uh, I'm the sexiest man alive. So, <laughs> like, listen, I think those things. I do. Now, hopefully, ideally, I'll have an opportunity to prove those things. If you make comments saying you're the best, uh, uh, you better than Michael Jordan, you know you don't have a chance in heck to prove that. So you're just talking again, bringing attention to yourself. You want to be in the spotlight. And then last but not least, and I, I think this is the one where this this got some outrage, more so than any of the other ones. And he made a comment about LeBron James. And what he said was, he said, you got LeBron. It's going to be so hard for his kids because they're going to look at them like you got to be just like your dad. And so what he's referencing is how when LeBron James Jr. and his other kids get older, they're going to be measured against their dad. Oh, you're not as good as your dad, which I'm sure, listen, it happened with Michael Jordan kids. You see Michael Jordan kids play like, hey, you ain't, your dad ain't give you, what, he only give you like an ounce of his skills? And so, yeah, that's, that's unfair, and that's a lot of pressure. Um, I think that LeBron did respond. He said, listen, uh, he did the whole uh, Donovan McNabb, keep my name out your mouth, keep my family out your name out your mouth from dad to dad. And it was like, eh, all right, LeBron, like, I, like, why even address it? Like, that's certain things you don't even have to address because that should be beneath you. Like, listen, when his son gets to the league, then you trash him. You take it out on him that way. But make a comment. He didn't say anything derogatory about your kids. He just he made an observation, which is a, it was a keen observation. Uh now, he's saying that his kids will be better off um, going in because, granted, he wasn't as good. But then I think he's a little short-sighted because, the, again, the pressure that he's putting on now. So let's be clear. When when Lonzo gets to the to the NBA, it's, see, it's different now, right? Because the schools where they at, they need these kids. The high school needs them for publicity, for future kids to come in. UCLA needs Lonzo Ball. Uh, so they could get Le- so they could get Lamelo, so they could get Leangelo. But the NBA doesn't need them. If rumors are true, they're saying like, listen, GMs are looking like oh, we don't feel like dealing with them now. Granted, talent outweighs everything as we see in pro sports, but we can't ne- ne- neglect the fact that this may influence things. This may influence things like team chemistry. Listen, man, your pop be drawn. You know, so it's like, what do you say to that? You're a rookie. You come in like, what's up with your pop, man? Now, some may think it's funny, but then you have some like, no, I don't want to talk to the guy. I don't even want to interact with him because his pop be his pop be tripping. I don't even feel like being by. I don't want that energy around me. Coaches like, no, nah, I don't want that energy around me. So then that may alienate him within a professional locker room. And so, yeah, so I understand that, listen, he should be the biggest proponent for his kids. But at some point, you got to you got to just step back. Let them let them enjoy the spotlight. That's the thing. Like when when my daughter, because I'm speaking into existence, when she wins her her first medal. 
yeah, I'm going to be hype for her. I'm, I'm going to boast her up and, and brag about her. But nah, you enjoy that, baby. That's that's your spotlight. You earn that. I pushed you a little bit to, to help you get there. But nah, you earn that. When she gets honorable and, and she gets a, she got an award, it's like, that's my baby. Yeah, I'm not going to run up there and try to take a, take the pick with her while she up there. Like, I did this. This this my my offspring. She my favorite accident. People hate when I say she my favorite accident. Like, that's a Kanye lyric. But, you know, I'm not going to take away from her shine because I want to build up her self-esteem. I don't want her to incur any type of stress as a result of me and my actions. So, again, it's... You know, we talk about conflict and, and conflict can arise from this. And so ultimately, I, I think it'll behoove him to 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 fall back a little bit. But a tiger can't change his spots. Wait, wait, wait. Where's the stripes? Zebra has. I don't know. You know the analogy I'm talking about, folk. Like people are who they are and we just got to accept them for who they are. So and speaking of accepting people for who they are. We have Miss Tommy Larn from what is it, The Blaze, or, or so I didn't even know Glenn Beck is that's his establishment, The Blaze, that he made uh, the the noted uh, conservative uh, political pundit. So, but Tommy Larn, she was suspended, and then you know what? Like I never thought I would say like I'll be on her side about anything, but listen, I'm on her side. So uh, apparently, I don't I don't think it was on her show. I think she was on a different show. And she spoke about being pro-choice. She's like, listen, I'm, how I'm going to be a fan of limited government on one aspect and then turn around and say, but the government can tell women to do what they want, what they should do with their bodies. That doesn't make sense. So if I'm a, if I'm a proponent of limited government, that's in all areas. And so who... Ooh, we talk about a firestorm. We talk about a firestorm. She got she got clipped for a week. She got suspended for a week for her comments. And it's just like it's, it's so many things that that comes from that. Right. So we look at it like, listen, she was expected to be a robot. So that confirms what we already thought about many of these both conservative and liberal stations and media outlets. Where you have to be an extremist. And if you veer any way from that, if you're a liberal and you have conservative views, you may receive backlash. Clearly, in this case, if you're, quote unquote, conservative and you have what's um, supposed to be a liberal view, bam, suspended for a week. And so, again, that just shows you and, and that shows me that first, you got to be mindful about where you're getting your news. So if you're tuning in to Tommy Lauren for the news or to find out what's happening, you're not getting the real picture. If you if you tune into if you tune into to Fox News, you're not getting a real picture. If you turn into CNN, even though I love my baby Angela Rod, shout out to Angela Rod, man. She her her she she glowed up. She glowed up, man. She she's man. Listen, I would give her half my checks like she wrote half my raps. 
know what I mean? Like that's old school Jay for those who not in the know. But no, I would I would listen, she's she's amazing. She's gorgeous, she's intelligent. Listen, I just want to take her on a date to Cracker Barrel. That's all I want to do. We ain't we don't like I don't want to hold hands, we don't gotta kiss or you know, anything else. We should just play the little golf thing on the table. I would be happy with that. I'm cool with that. But I'm just a master of minimalism. So, but yeah, but no, I say that to say we got to be, listen, we got to be, we can't just take information for what it is that we're getting from these media outlets. We have to, we have to be diligent in our efforts if we want to, if we want accurate information. And even still, I don't really know how accurate it's going to be, because, again, you're, you're taking somebody else's viewpoint. You're taking somebody else's slanted perspective. So that's why I try not to to, uh, you know, I try not to I don't watch too much news. Um, except my baby Angela Rye. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what I do is, you know, I try to find out like the ex- excerpts. I'll try to read. I want to make sure that it's being quoted. So I can see what it was exactly said, because if I'm if I'm getting a summarization, listen, that that does nothing for me. That does nothing to provide me with information. And so that's what I encourage you guys to do, no matter what it is. Like if I'm sitting here talking about LeVar Ball, don't sit here and just take me for my word of talking about LeVar Ball and his Michael Jordan comments. Go research it on your own. Go research it on your own. Get the information that you need. Don't. Yeah, we re- we rely on sources, but I write things in the Huffington Post. I, I love the Huffington Post. That I'm like, eh, no, I don't really. Let me go to the other side and, and get some information because I don't really. It's just too. It's too far left. And so none of us are are, are super far left and super far right. We all fall somewhere in the middle with our views on on various subjects. So. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the main thing to take from the from the Tommy Lauren uh, incident where she she expressed a pro-choice stance, which I don't know how that bodes for her as she progresses. I'm, I'm certain she's going to lose some followers. She's going to lose a fan base because a, a particular fan base that that pro uh, pro-life fan base because they're just going like nah we don't subscribe to what you subscribing so again but again props to her for for believing in self and being and being true to self so i i do want to get into this this again i talked about it briefly that we i will be discussing uh conflict resolution um it's funny like right before i came the the back room <laughs> came from the bedroom to the back room to record it like I got stopped I, I ended up watching you know a few minutes on the news and it was it, of course the news is, is so negative so that's why I try not to indulge um, one of them was super negative the other one was negative but turned into a positive so the first one was a group of students uh, well, again, I reside here in Philadelphia. Uh, a group of students beat up other students from a different school who tried to tell them not to throw ice at little kids. So we had a snowstorm last week. It was more like an ice storm. You know, ice was left over. And so supposedly these allegedly these kids uh, were throwing ice at, at littler kids and these other kids say, yo, stop. 
you know, that, don't do that. And then they got physically assaulted. And like everything, it always has to end up on social media. So it was on Facebook and people are recording it and posting it. And so I believe they said arrests will be made this week on the, you know, against the, the aggressors, which, I mean, that's a conversation for another time. There's so many issues with that. You know, we're talking about parenting. We're talking about, or lack thereof, we're, we're talking about um, ability to cope. Um, we're talking about anger management. We're talking about peer pressure. We're talking about so many different things just in that one incident. And so the second incident was, I'm sure you've seen it, it's, it's going viral. And in Atlantic City, a, a good Muslim brother, he he uh, he stopped the fight in progress between two young African-American kids. And he talked to them and he schooled them on how what manhood is and how this wasn't what being a man is. And then, he, you know, he also talked to him about how we have to be mindful of, of who we interact with. Look at the people that you call your friends. They're sitting there laughing, recording you fighting. So you need to, to look at that critically. And so ultimately he wouldn't leave until they shook hands. And so he would be honored at, at city council in Atlantic City. And the two kids who were who were about to fight each other, they were there as well. And they had a perspective of, you know, we're thankful of him because, you know, they realized that uh, that fighting or, or doing that, is, you know, especially on, you know, how it would be posted on social media, uh, how that was that wasn't the right thing to do. And so shouts to them for recognizing and being aware that that wasn't the way to go. And so we talk, we sit here and we talk about conflicts and, you know, how do we deal? How do we manage? You know, how do we find a, you know, a solution to an uh, to a disagreement? So often we resort to we see violence, we see we see physical violence, we see verbal aggression, we see, uh, you know, we see people stop communicating because they disagree, they don't agree on something, and so none of those are really optimal, healthy ways to, to cope. Uh, and, and so it's, again, it's something that it's a skill that has to be honed. We're not, we're not born with conflict resolution skills. No, that's something that's honed. That's something that's taught to us. That's something that we see. We see how people deal with, with uh, conflict, with problems. I know a couple of weeks ago when, when, uh, when I was discussing the incident that I had at the, my daughter's track meet with the gentleman where he, you know, he wanted to catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> and, you know, and we end up settling the, the conflict, but I felt like we should have settled it in front of the kids where it initially started, because that would have been big for them to see. Listen, here we have two people who disagree, but they can agree to disagree. And they can come to a common ground. They don't have to fight. They don't have to continue to throw, uh, be verbally aggressive towards one another. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, conflict resolution skills are critical. They're critical. Now, conflict, I don't want you to think that conflict isn't normal, isn't healthy. Listen, you're not going to agree with everybody. You're not going to, if you have a relationship with somebody, 
you're not going to agree at times. And again, it's all about how you deal with it. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter if with your family, your friends, uh, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, somebody just in traffic. It it doesn't matter. You're at some point you're going to have some type of conflict. And so, again, it's all about how it's all about how you manage the stress that you're under. And so it's again, it's difficult. I know me, me personally, it, it took time. It took time for me to learn how to deal with with conflict. I, I tried to, you know, at times I try to avoid conflict, which is, isn't always a healthy thing. Avoidance isn't always a healthy thing, especially if it's something that you you have to do. So if you're not going to work because you're trying to avoid conflict, then that's problematic. If you're not going home to your husband, to your wife, to your kids because you're trying to avoid conflict, that's not necessarily healthy. And that doesn't solve the issue. You can't run. You can't run away from conflict. Especially if it's a relationship that you say you value and that you care about. You know, sometimes what it takes is it takes somebody uh, biting the bullet, being the bigger person and saying, listen, I messed up. Again, I know me personally, I'm, I'm not perfect. Nobody's walking the earth surfaces. There are times where I just need to say, Listen, my bad. Especially if you if you care, if you value the relationship, sometimes you just gotta suck it up. You gotta suck it up. And so, yeah, it's it, but it comes down to to again using your coping skills, learning how to deal, pay attention to your feelings that's being expressed. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes it comes down to just respecting the difference. I always say, listen, we can agree to disagree. The only time we can't agree to disagree if it has to do with my uh, me or anybody else's oppression. So, yeah, you can be a Republican and you can like Donald Trump. I, but that's deeper than agree to disagree, because that's that's saying to me that fundamentally you don't mind if I'm oppressed. And so that's when it becomes, con, you know, conflictual. It becomes a conflicting issue. Listen, during the last election, I've I've lost some people who I'm not going to sit there and call them friends, but I'm going to call them acquaintances because of their views. If, you, if you're sitting there when Philando Castile get, gets shot, or Eric Garner gets choked out and you're saying, well, why didn't he just comply? I'm not going to just automatically X you out after that. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to try to explain to you reason why I'm upset, why people that look like me are upset when they're experiencing traumatic situations like this. I'll even explain it twice. But then at some point I have to say, well, you're not really either cognitively you can't grasp the concept, which is fact. Everybody doesn't have the same intelligent level or ability to think critically as the other person. Or you just don't give a damn. Now, if you just don't give a damn, and I usually could tell if you don't give a damn just based on your comments. 
And so if that's the case, no, peace, peace. I, I have no use for you in my life. I wish you well. I wish no harm comes to you. But we have nothing in common. We not Bobby and Whitney. That's that's a little jokey joke. We got something. Right, never mind. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So we need to we need to rec- recognize the unhealthy responses to conflict. And again, a lot of times it can be anger. For many people, it's anger. It's lashing out. Or it's withdrawing of love. It can be the, it could, and this isn't healthy. When you're in a relationship, I don't care if you're married or, um, you know, or just in a long-term, short-term relationship, you're you're engaged, uh, you and your significant other are engaged, you know, you're engaged in sexual acts, which is healthy. But when you withdraw that and you say, well, you know, because we're having conflict, I'm, you know, we're not having sex, we're not having relations, then that's that's problematic to me. That's problematic because what that speaks of, that speaks to poor communication. That speaks to poor communication. And so, yeah, so withdrawing love, no. And again, fear and avoidance of conflict, as I said earlier. If you're not going to work because you're upset, because you're mad, okay, one day I get it. But when it starts to become a pattern, then it's something, listen, you need to realize that you have to address this issue. It's not healthy. And so, again, when we talk about healthy responses, we're talking about, again, using these strategies. We have controlled breathing. Inhaling, exhale. For a five count. Positive imagery. Which is when you you think you think about a positive thought to help you calm. So then you're able to address whatever the conflict is. You have to respect the other person's um, opinions on it. Just because you might not agree, that doesn't mean it's not real. Perception is real to the person who's giving that opinion, who's expressing that. We can't ignore their feelings. The ability to forgive and forget, that's that's different because I don't, I don't think we, we forget. I don't think we forget. I forgive, yes, we can forgive, but forget, it's hard to forget emotions um, that are attached to, to negative situations. There are. But then that's when you need to, to again, do things. You might need to step your level of, of care up. You may need to see a therapist to discuss what's happening. But ultimately, there has to be a a common belief. If you really want to solve a conflict, there has to be a a common belief by both parties that this is worth solving. You both have to be invested. You both have to want to listen. Want to understand. You want to resist interjecting. I see it time and time again. where, where I have a student and I have a teacher and the teachers, the student is talking and it's just like, well, no, you did that. And it's like, well, no, time out. Because when he does that, it's problematic. 
you say he's incorrigible. You say he's disruptive. But why? Because you're you are an authority figure that he doesn't deserve the same respect. And so, again, that goes back to that common theme. We have to respect one another. We have to be mindful of our nonverbal skills. I know what I hate. I know what I hate. Listen, I, I didn't have I've, I've, <laughs> I've had conflicts. I've had conflicts with people. The worst thing you could do to me is ignore me. Whew. Listen, if we beefing, if we beef, if we have any type of conflict, especially if it, if it's in a, a, a interpersonal relationship, like it's a, a girlfriend or, or a female friend, the worst thing you can do is ignore me, man. Listen, I and that's I need to work on that on that skill, on not getting frustrated, on not getting upset. But then on the other hand, it's just like, well, are you trying to solve this conflict? Or are you just trying to make me suffer? See, sometimes when we when these kind of, you know situations of conflict, we just want to make the other person suffer. We want to make them feel some type of way until we're ready, especially if they're the quote unquote offender. You know that works. I don't know if it's an effective method, but that doesn't work in all settings. That doesn't work at the job. Especially when you have to work with people, if you're if you're a team, you're relying on one another. And that doesn't work in in, interpersonal relationships, really, because what that does is that just builds animosity that builds animosity. And over time, it builds, builds, builds. And we're either lashing out. And we're usually lashing out when it's, oh, you ain't put the toilet seat down. You ain't put the why you ain't put the toilet seat down. I can't stand your ish. All you do is, and then it's, that's when it goes to naming all the things that happen because it's it's this built up, pent up aggression. And so that's why, again, it's critical. It's so critical. You want to, as fast as the conflict starts, that's when you want it to end. If you need a breather, take a breather, but address it as soon as possible because, again, you don't want this to fester. Because if a fester is, Somebody, people, are, you're you're going to feel some type of way. Somebody else is going to feel some type of way, and that's just not healthy and productive. Again, manage emotions intelligently. No matter how bad you want to snap and yell and scream, take that anger to the gym. Put that anger on paper and and write down your thoughts, your feelings. Find a, a healthy way to cope with those emotions. Listen, it's it's critical that we as a society learn how to deal with conflict, especially in the times that we're in where we're, we have a lot of factions, especially with this new administration and your president. Again, he's not my president, he's your president. <laughs> but, you know, we have to be mindful about how we're interacting. We have factions going at each other. And that's just not healthy. So we need to try, if we if we can't minimize the conflict, then the next best thing is to learn how to deal with it. Because your mental health will thank you. 
So listen, I definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in to episode 18 of No Booking Info. You can catch me on Instagram at P-H-I-L underscore quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. You can catch No Booking Info on N-O underscore booking underscore info on Instagram. And feel free to hit up Twitter, No Booking Info. So again, I appreciate you. Peace.